Hello everyone, and welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery and General Podcast. I am Al, and today we're going to be taking our first look at Blaster Master Zero. Now, when I first picked up the Nintendo Switch and was looking at the limited offerings on the the eStore, I thought, Blaster Master Zero, that looks like a pretty cool game. Now, remember the original Blaster Master for the NES? was a pretty good game. I mean, I never really got too far in it, but... I mean, it was just memorable when you had that opening intro piece where the music ramped up and then started with this upbeat piece where you were zooming around into the, you know, into this underworld beneath the earth and blasting things. But it has got to have one of the weirdest stories ever. And part of it is because Blaster Master was one of those games from back in the 8-bit era where... It was originally released in Japan as a totally different game. It was something like Record of Planetary War, Metafight, uh, something along that lines. But when it came over to the U.S., they decided to put a really weird backstory behind it. So it was about a boy named Jason who has a pet frog. And in the opening cutscene, we get to see how his frog jumps out of his frog tank, touches a radioactive box, turns into a big frog, gets embarrassed by the fact that he's a big frog, jumps down a hole. And of course, Jason, he's decides to jump right in after his pet frog, and then he miraculously finds this tank and suit of armor down there, and before he knows it, he's trying to blast all these mutant creatures below the surface of the Earth, which, how does that relate to a boy trying to get back his pet frog? Your guess was as good as mine, but still, it was a pretty good game. The main fault with it is it was a pretty difficult game, but not only that, it had no save and no password feature, so... I think that I probably would have enjoyed the game a bit more back then if it did have a save or a password because then you didn't have to try to play through the game in a single sitting. Still, not a bad game nonetheless, and it kind of was like Metroid in that you had this huge world to explore, um, only you were in a vehicle and you got to jump out of the vehicle every now and then because there were certain dungeon type areas where it would switch to an overhead view and of course you couldn't go there in the while you were in your 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 vehicle so we're gonna take a look now let's fire up blaster master zero and i remember the preview video for the the game looked really awesome and they're doing it in a upper level 8-bit lower level 16-bit style so we've got our opening cutscene in the near future on planet Earth. What near future? How near? How many kinds of creatures once coexisted on this variant planet? But after countless wars and untold environmental destruction, the planet plunged into an ice age. Humanity was left with no choice but to migrate en masse underground. When the Ice Age finally came to an end, humans began developing methods 
while they were living underground to one day restore their planet to the lush green landscape it once was. During this time, a large mysterious comet fell to the Earth. However, the progress of restoring their lost ecosystem was coming along well, and humanity was eventually able to live on the surface again. Okay, can you scroll this past this a little faster? But okay, several hundred years have passed. And we've got a boy and his frog, Jason, known for being a genius in the field of robotic engineering. And he's got a pet frog. So they kept that part from the originals. So one day he came upon a creature he'd never seen before. Okay, so apparently frogs went extinct back then. No records of this creature existed. It's a frog genius. And this interest in this mysterious creature piked Jason, named it Fred, and began to observe it closely. But after some time passed, Fred escaped. Okay, so it looks like we're pretty much just doing a, a reboot here because... You know, the, the story looks more or less the same as the original, where it's a touching story of a boy and his pet frog. Except now, instead of hitting a some radioactive box and frogs just kind of jumping in this magical portal that somehow appeared. And he discovers a large vehicle. Okay, where have we heard this before? vehicle with the name Sophia the Third on the side and was inviting him in the door and to the cockpit opened up. In order to bring Fred back, Jason hopped into Sophia 3 and set out. Now it's like, okay, dude, wouldn't it be easier? Well, I suppose in this game they're saying no one knows what a frog is, but in the original, I mean, wouldn't it seem like just a lot easier to just go to the pet store and get another frog? That's probably what I would have done. But anyways... That would have not have made for a very interesting game. Options, so controls, vibration, okay, vibration, I really don't care. We'll turn the vibration off. Okay, how do I turn the vibration off? So we're just using the two buttons. Okay, I guess we'll deal with vibration for now. How to play? Do we get the obligatory tutorial level here? Oh, I see. Okay. Change weapon. Change angle of cannon. Activate wall climb. So, okay, it's a lot more complex than the good old NES version. Which, of course, not surprising. Okay, so apparently there's it's possible to trap yourself. Okay, well, I think we've had enough of this screen for now. Let's jump right in. Hey, and it's save states. Awesome. Oh, that's weird. It's like... Okay, so we kept the same opening thing. Okay, so it very looks very much familiar to the original. Okay, so this is what's weird is that um, the 
on the menu screen, it's like... Ah! No, come on! Okay, I thought I was gonna die. I went in the spikes. Still remember that from the same one, you know, you had the... the spikes that, you know, slowly drained your life. Okay, looks a little bit different than the... than the, uh, original. So the stage, the, 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 the actual... Uh, back style looks a lot same, but the layout's a little different. Glad they allow you to use the uh, the little directional pad. Or it's actually not really a directional pad. It's more or less a uh, um, ah, more or less uh, just four buttons. Okay, I guess I'm gonna have to get used to using the thumbstick. This is like, how would you shoot? That would make it really weird to shoot up an angle. But yeah, that's cool though. You get to actually shoot as a shoot at an angle where it's like in the original you could all you could do is just go left right and up so okay I think X they said yep to get out and get back in Fred's signal was definitely being transmitted from the forest area receiver was being displayed on the monitor guess I'm pretty lucky that Sophia has functionality like this. How convenient is that, that this super advanced tank that he just finds underground has a tracking device on it? Can't help but wonder how Sophia can track his signal, though. Well, I guess we're kind of over-complicating the story. I mean, you know, it was... It, it's Come on, it's a story about a boy trying to find his, his pet frog and finds himself in a world of mutants. So, okay, this is like what we had before, where we had, uh, climb down the ladders. Okay, get, get away from there. Oh, I died. But hey, at least there was a save point there, so... Okay, I, that's one thing I gotta remember from the original, is that you, uh... You can only fall a certain distance, and then... You can only fall a certain distance before uh, you got hurt. You know, I never under... Okay, you get the same thing here where you get to throw the bombs. Oh, you have a limited number of bombs, though, so okay. You're gonna have to watch that. So they changed the uh, dungeon music, so cause I remember in the uh, original, it's like they just kept the same uh, background music going. Okay, so yes, I remember this. This was one of those areas where you would go and, you know, basically you would uh, find the little things to power up your gun. One of the things I didn't like about the first one was how uh, when you had your gun and you got hit, you lost a level of your gun, so that can be really frustrating because you'd, uh, you know, you'd spend all that time uh, powering up. Let's see, do we? I wonder if you can get over these spikes. Yeah, okay, it's got the same thing where you hit, you get, you, you take damage, and then your gun uh, stops working. So, yeah, I, that was not a, not a mechanic that I was uh, very fond of. I mean. It doesn't necessarily make a game a deal-breaker. Um, one game that I, I actually enjoyed a lot when I was a kid that 
had kind of the same thing going was uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. You know, where you got the... Um, where you powered up your main weapon, and then after powering it up for a... You know, if you got, you got hit, you, you lost power, and also the other thing that was really important on the... Uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja was you had your speed sandals, which gave you better jumping and better uh, speed, and of course you wanted to have that in order to make the game, uh, you know, more you know, easier to play. Okay, well, since we're just kind of doing our first look here to see what this is like, I'm not gonna sit there and grind and grind away. You know, to get my gun uh, powered up. Because, yeah, that was one of the things that was always kind of annoying and frustrating about the uh, original Blaster Master. How, you know, you'd just have to keep sit there going in and out of the dungeons so you could... Uh, so you could uh, power up your weapon. So, okay, sub-missiles. Okay, there we go. Because that's one of the things that was kind of weird. It's like, yeah, to use your... Sub weapons you had to do because I, I did it before. What button did I press? That's that got me out. Okay, there it is. Okay, let's see what's in this cave. Okay, so the range on my weapon is increasing, but it's not doing all the cool stuff that it would make the uh, that your gun would do in the original. Which, because I remember, of course, uh, start out your gun had this pathetic uh, short range and then you had uh, you know then eventually it would become a, a lot wider as you powered it up so I, I mean it should be interesting to see what kind of little uh, quirks that or what little changes they make um, in the game because so far, okay, they've added the, you know, they've added the uh, save feature, so that's that's a definite plus. I mean, that that's one of the things that really limited uh, the enjoyment of the first one was the fact that, you know, you had to do the game in one sitting because, yeah, there was no save, no password. Which, you know, I mean, come on, they could have done that easily back then. Why couldn't, why they couldn't have done a password or a save, I don't know. It's not like it was new technology when the the game first came out. Wonder if there's eventually a way to get over those little spike things. That's one of the things that I never understood about the first one, how you know, sometimes they had the spikes and they would put some sort of power up there and then but it's like okay if you if getting the power up requires you to lose health or lose the uh, important power level on your gun, why bother getting it? You know, it's kind of like there's that one stage in uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. It is... wanting to say the third stage or something. It's where... It's one of the city stages where you had the... Where there, there was like a... You're trying to drop down this... This, this corridor, and there were 
uh, what do you call it, there were uh, spike walls that were closing in, and there was this one area where they put a pizza there, and it's like, yeah, come on, developers, really? You think we're going to, you, you want us to go for a pizza that's going to cause us to kill ourselves? I wonder if you have to shoot them with missiles. Okay, I wonder if I'm not meant to beat this guy yet. Yeah, he's pretty much some weird creature on the wall there, and I always hated the underwater sections in the game. I, I mean, I know that there was a power-up later in the game where you could um, get the... There, there was a power-up you could get later in the game that would let you uh, go underwater and actually be able to move, but... Let's go over here and save the game. Yeah, that's the other thing that's kind of annoying is when you're crawling, it's like everything's so slow. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, I see what they mean now where you get to a save point and then you can get back into your uh, vehicle. But then again, underwater stages in general in video games are kind of hit or miss because... You know, a lot of times they slow down the pace where, you know, you got to, you know, they just slow down the pace so much, because uh, like in most of the game, it's a, you know, Blaster Master is just as an example, you know, it's a very fast pace, drive and jump around, but then all of a sudden when you get to the underwater section, it's like now you're moving slowly and you got to, uh, yeah. One thing that would have been nice is if they would have given uh, the character when he's out of the ship. You know, those look like little Metroids floating around there. And I think this is where one of the bosses is. Which, I always had problems beating in the original. Let's see, will I do any better in the remake here? At least I'm pretty sure in the original this is where the boss was. See anything over here? It's gonna make it a little more challenging how in this one you only have a limited supply of your bombs. Gotta almost gotta watch out for those little blue guys, they always tend to start running into uh, inopportune times, but at least you get the ability to shoot diagonally, because that's one of the things that I remember about the original. It's like, well, you could move diagonally, you could still shoot only in a certain number of directions, so that's cool how they changed, it, changed that feature. Ah, I shouldn't have saw that one coming. Stepped in the line of sight of one of those little blue guys. little green guys there, they always remind me of something like a astromech droid from Star Wars. I don't think you can blow up the spikes. Nope, you can't. Okay, this looks a little different than what I remember in the, the original, so maybe they did uh, change things up a little bit more. Still, it is always cool when they can make a, 
a game that a retro style game that does keep the the feel and spirit of the original and you know that's one of the things that some people like to complain about with uh, remakes is that they yeah they just lose the feel of of what the original was all about and uh, it's not all not, not always that they make a good remake where it does feel like it, it still has a lot of the same charm and feel as the original and uh, like one game I can that definitely was spot on as far as remakes go, uh, DuckTales HD, which I did a playthrough of that and, you know, did a, just a little quick episode on that as well, so that one was a really fun game, and I mean, I really liked it how they, you know, they did add, oh, you have save points in the dungeon, how is that for convenience? But, so that must mean there's a boss fight, yep, oh, this is the guy I could never beat in the original. What the hell is that? Hey, it's some giant mutant. Damn it! Watch your language, Jason. I guess I gotta do this. The Forest Destroyer. Mother Brain! Okay, this is a Metroid ripoff, because not only do we have little things that look like Metroids, but... Come on, guys. You couldn't have thought of a better name than Mother Brain. Whoa. Uh-oh, I'm dying. I'm gonna die! At least you can destroy those little things that float around it. Cause like I don't think you could you could do that in the original where it was like the little things that uh, floated around. They just you know they just moved in different patterns. And if you didn't get the if you didn't get the you know the pattern right, you pretty much died. Hey, I did it! Yay! I'm actually doing better at this game than I did in the, the original NES version. Okay, Hypershot. Hey, okay, I can now use Sophia to upgrade Sophia. So I guess I was right that, you know, a little thing there, I could now probably go back and destroy it. Makes me wonder just who in the world made all of this tech. Man, I'd love to dig into all of this, but I gotta focus on finding Fred. Okay, dude. You're in a under you're in this world of technology and mystery and excitement and you're more concerned about your stupid frog. That is dedication. And it does power up my cannon. But yeah, like I said, this game did always have a a Metroid-y feel, because, you know, you had the, you know, of course there were certain areas you couldn't go to until you got certain power-ups, and then, you know, I can remember there was a hover, and then there was the dive thing, which I don't think really allowed you to access any new areas, it just made it a lot easier to navigate the underwater areas. And this is one of the things I don't like about the underwater areas in some games. It's like, you know, it slows down the pace of the game, but not only that, you know, you move so agonizingly slowly. Though there are some games that found some uh, interesting ways to work with that. Like one game I've played and might have to pick up for the virtual console one of these days, uh, Euphoria, the saga, which... 
uh, was, I believe, only released in Europe and Japan. So unfortunately, we didn't get that here in the U.S. Um, I've only played it on, like, emulators, but it was actually a pretty fun game because, again, it very much a Metroid-style game. You had this big world to explore, and there were different characters you could get. And, of course, each one had their own, you know, their own strengths, weaknesses type thing. Like, I remember, you know, there's this one, there's icy areas, and, you know, you get to one of the icy areas. Oh, no, back in the water. But you get to the icy areas, and, you know, most of the characters are just slipping and sliding around, and they can't really do much. Um, whereas, with, uh, uh, there's one character that could actually move normally in the icy areas and also uh, water was different where some characters could swim on the surface of the water but there was others that could actually go under the water so that you know again made it important to find these additional characters so you could continue to continue the game okay come on trying to get up okay there we go Okay, Mr. Thing Against the Wall. Ha! How do you like that? So we've unlocked a new area now. And I think I'm going to call this episode to a close pretty soon. Uh, so far seems like a pretty fun game. Uh, like I said, I'm actually doing better at this, I think, than I did at the, nor the original version. This is the residential area. This place has seen better days. Looks like there's mutants here. Gotta make my way carefully. This... Okay, so... Okay, so I guess they introduced some kind of radar mechanic. But we're gonna drop by the save point, and we're gonna save the game for now, and who knows, maybe one of these days when I have a chance to play a little bit more, who knows, maybe we'll take another in-depth look at this game, and knows what I'll, maybe I'll get a little further and who knows maybe even do a playthrough of this game one of these days so with that said I'd like to thank you all for tuning in and uh, of course you can watch the video no oh, I died again you can uh, watch the video of this on point of insanity game studios YouTube channel and you can download the audio podcast version at poigamestudio.podbean.com and Hopefully, eventually, you get another cannon upgrade that lets you get these guys that are too close to the ground to hit. That's another one of those annoying video game trends is when they they, they give you, uh, they have enemies that you can't hit with your normal weapon. So, who knows, maybe that's a topic for another day. So, one of these days, we'll do an episode on annoying video game design trends. Well, thanks again for tuning in, everyone, and... Have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming.